There are many things a human must do to have strong relationships, but if you get this one thing wrong, you will ruin almost any relationship before it even begins. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's get into it. Welcome to SYA Adulting, where we discuss adult life and adult faith for young adults who are single, dating, or engaged. My name is Obi, and I'm the pastor to SYA at First Baptist O'Fallon. And we've been talking about having strong friendships, having strong relationships. And the first week when we talked about it, we talked about, um, do you have kind of a negative personality? Do, do you bring that to relationships? Do you criticize other people? Do you complain about circumstances? And then the next thing we talked about, uh, which was last week, is we talked about being genuinely interested in other people uh, so that you can learn about them and then you're able to build them up uh, encourage them, compliment them, just sincerely appreciating other people, not faking it, not uh, just putting a false smile on your face, but actually caring about people. So those have been the two steps that we've talked about so far. One, just uh, don't be negative, and the other, a step toward being positive. Um, but what if, what if you can't even get to that point because you have trouble connecting with people just at the outset, right? It'd be nice to have someone in your life that you could genuinely build up, genuinely be interested to in, but what if you can't get to that point, that there always seems to be just a separation between you and people? And so that's what we're going to talk about today is really kind of this third step of how to, we're calling it how to make friends, because I've been going through this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People's uh, People, and then also we're taking it through the Bible and just seeing biblical principles that line up and can really shape our our worldview, and specifically for this book, are these views biblically consistent? And so we're seeing that a lot of them are, um, and and so we want to take that and not only think of how can we have strong friendships, strong relationships, but how can we represent Christ in a good way? And a lot of times the way we represent Christ well tends to be ways that are attractive to other people. And so we're going to get into that. Uh, what if you can't even get to the point of having other people in your life that you can be genuinely interested in uh, because there seems to be a space between you and people, a void between you and people. So the first thing I want to do is really kind of give you a story of two first impressions. That's the first thing I'm going to talk about is first impressions. Um, so for any of my military people listening out there, you can relate to this. Um, it's I think back to my basic training time, and basic training is a very uh, interesting time of life in a, in a way you feel like a prisoner, kind of. It's a rite of passage. Well, you remember that first night, people who go through basic training, I think anybody will remember that first night. So you've been up late, you've been at your um, MEPS station, the military enlistment. I forget the last, it's been too long, it's been like 15 years or something. Um, but they process you. Uh, and, and so you take your test there, do your physical and stuff, and then you fly out. Um, and so it's a late night, early morning, and then you get to basic training and you've been on a bus. They bus you in from the airport and everybody's carrying their, their bags and stuff. And up to that point, you've relatively felt like a civilian. But the moment you get off that bus, all of a sudden there's yelling. There's just all sorts of screaming in your face. 
telling you to stand in line. They may even, I've heard people had you do a silly drill where they pick up your bag, put down your bag, pick it up, put it down, make you do it in unison. And I call it silly. I know they have purposes behind all those things. But for you in that moment, it feels really silly. But you're also just kind of terrified. Well, I remember when I got there for basic training, the very first, uh, I guess it was night. I can't remember. It was dark. Maybe it was early morning, late night. I don't know what it was. But I get there and we're in formation, standing in uh, unison with hundreds of other uh, men and women, hundreds of other airmen. And all of a sudden, these two guys get called out. They go, the instructors, they go grab these two guys out of their formation and they pull them up front and they just start screaming. Now, I had been yelled at at that point. And then, of course, most people in their life, they've been yelled at. But there is just something distinctly different. <laughs> about some grown adults getting inches from another person's face face and yelling at the top of their lungs in anger. And that's exactly what happened for these two guys. So everybody's standing there. You're not supposed to move. You're supposed to stand at attention. But your eyes are wandering over to these two guys who are just getting essentially their, um, their heads ripped off. <laughs> They're just being screamed at like crazy. And you're wondering, what on earth? We found out later that apparently on the way from um, from their military processing place to basic training, they'd apparently made some prank calls. And so they were getting uh, a warm thank you for, <laughs> for having done that. And so they're being yelled at, they're being uh, scolded. And let me just tell you, that was a pretty terrifying first night. You know, you don't, you don't walk into basic training after a night like that and think, oh, this is gonna be fun. Like this is gonna be one of the most relaxing times of my life. I'm just gonna have a joyous time here, right? You, that's that's the opposite of the impression. They want you to know right away, this is going to be hard. This is going to be serious. You better uh, straighten up, get in line, act right, all those things. All right, then I want to contrast that. So that's one first impression. I have three kids. When when I go home each day, uh, I say, you know, the typical, I'm home. And then first thing I hear is three kids going, dad, and they yell. And of course, um, you know, it's, Hey dad, look at this. Hey dad, look at that. And, um, I may not always feel like it, but I do appreciate that they want to show me those things. And then, uh, I smell a lot of times when my wife's cooking something really wonderful in the kitchen. And so my first impression when I get home is I'm greeted by a bunch of people who want to show me love, little people, uh, who are just saying dad and just genuinely excited to see me. And then, uh, an appetizing smell, uh, from the kitchen. And so it's a good, just a good experience. When you when you feel like that, you feel like, ah, I'm home. I, this is going to be a good place, a, a good environment. So I want to ask you that. What is your immediate disposition to others? I want you to reflect on this for a second. What is your immediate disposition toward other people? How do you greet people? What type of first impression do you give? Right? It, when, when people come to see you, and if you're wondering, why do I have trouble getting over this barrier? I just want this to be a time of reflection. I want to be honest with you. I want you to be honest with yourself because the goal of this is to help people. It's not to poke you to, to make you feel guilty. It's to help you, right? We should all, all always be on a path of trying to better ourselves um, until the day we die. Let's, let's increase. Let's learn. Uh, let's get better that our lives may better and better glorify and honor God. But also there can be some just practical ramifications. So one of these is friends, strong relationships. What is your immediate disposition toward other people? When people think of you, do they think that person is just, they're very standoffish. 
when I go up to them, they almost feel like they're going to growl at me. They're going to snap at me. How do you greet people with a frown or a smile? Do you bring all the kindness and welcome of home? Or are you about as kind and welcoming as a drill sergeant? Galatians 5 verses 22 through 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now I want you to hear that list again. So first of all, just saying the fruit of the Spirit. So talking about the Holy Spirit that is in all believers. We are supposed to have these characteristics. And in fact, um, we're supposed to increase the measure of those things within us. So that, that should be a path that we're constantly on. Well, what if I'm not patient? Well, then I should work on patience. All right, what if I'm not kind? What if I'm not good? What if I'm not faithful? What if I'm not gentle? Well, I need to work on those things. And with the help of the Holy Spirit in me, I can increase. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to hear this because kindness is on the list. Now, if you were to think of all the different things in the Bible, there's all this deep theology. There's all these incredible things to think about. One word that says the Holy Spirit is supposed to help us with, and if you look at 2 Peter 1, uh, verses 5 and on, you're going to see that we also are supposed to do our part in this. Kindness. Something as simple as kindness. And, and I said this last week. I said, you may think, Obi, this is so simple that I don't need to hear it. Well, that's good for you, but a lot of us do. Right? A lot of us do have difficulties being kind. And when we think about it as a not only something that God helps us with, but as a biblical mandate, then it puts a little more gravity into it. So for one, this is just how my life is supposed to honor God. Right? I mean, I want you to think about that. This is just how my life is supposed to honor God. I am supposed to be kind to people. As an example of, yes, I am born again. Yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. One fruit in my life proving that I am a follower of Jesus Christ is whether or not I'm kind. If I am unkind, if I am rude, condescending, bitter, if I'm all those things all the time instead of being kind, then I am not being a proper ambassador of Christ. I am not letting the fruit of the Spirit show forth from me. And I want you to know that one of the ramifications is no one will want to be around me. right? If I have trouble just making that next step, we said we talked about the criticizing, complaining, and then we said, well, then invest in people. Sincerely appreciate them. And the question today is, but what if I can't get to that part? What if I'm always alone? What if I, there's always a separation between me and them? I want you to evaluate, and I think Scripture wants you to evaluate what is your immediate disposition toward people? How do you greet people? What type of first impression do you give? Are you that homecoming or are you that drill sergeant at basic training? When someone approaches you, and let me tell you, it takes some courage to approach someone else. What if someone else comes up to you and they're actually trying to be friendly, actually trying to be your friend? How do you react? Are you welcoming? Or do we just close in on ourselves and, and I get so self-conscious, which we all do that sometimes. And part of this is bravery, right? Whether or not I'm going to um, be brave enough to do the things the Bible says or whether or not I'm just going to overthink it and, uh, and just get inside my own head too much. If someone comes to me and they are kind to me, am I kind back? And I'm not saying, do you feel kind? Are you happy they came to you? I'm not saying that. I'm saying, do they see kindness? I want you to think about what they saw from you. 
If they tried to invest in you, do they see kindness? So this list here, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of those are internal things. Some of those are God-directed things. But some of those like patience, kindness, goodness, and gentleness, those are people-directed things. Right? Those are things that God is saying, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, one of the fruits in your life should be these things, patience with people. Just being patient. Just think about, oh, they just get under my skin. There's that person. They just irritate me. All right. Well, the Bible calls you to be patient. Oh, I've had a rough day at work, though. I, I, I just, I'm grouchy. I can't help it. I don't want to be around people. Okay. I get that you don't want to, but the Bible calls you to be kind, gentle. These are people-directed things. So then I'm just kind of uh, anticipating if maybe there's some pushback. But Obi, what if it really is them? What if it's not me? What, what if it's other people? I want to go through two circumstances. And the first one is, what if they really are just unfriendly to me? What if you just have people that, you know, you can all think of that. And I guess maybe this lesson's for them as well. Although for each of us, it's entirely easier to deal with ourselves. But what if this lesson's for them? They just really aren't that friendly. Uh, so going back to this book, this uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, he said, if someone isn't smiling at you, may I ask you to leave one of yours? For nobody needs a smile so much as those who have none left to give. Right, so often in, the, in this conversation about friends, we just focus so much on the other person. Have you ever thought of yourself as an influencer? Right? For one, we want to be an influencer for Christ. We want to show the world Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we do that is by showing those fruits of the Spirit. But also, what about just being a, a bright light in people's life? What if that person's just always crabby? What if they're just not friendly? Okay, well, maybe they need someone to be friendly to them. Maybe, they, maybe they're waiting for you. They may not know they're waiting for you, but maybe they need you. Maybe you are the person that God has put in their life and placed now, because you've heard this passage, place the moral conviction on you that says kindness is supposed to be part of my Christian walk. Kindness is, is a biblical mandate to have in my life to direct toward other people. Well, now God has placed you in that, that person's life, the crabby person, that person that is just angry all the time, cranky all the time, no one wants to talk to. God put you in their life. And he's given you a moral mandate to be kind. If someone isn't smiling at you, may I ask you to leave one of yours? For nobody needs a smile so much as those who have none left to give. I want to say this to you. It's entirely easier and you'll be more successful if you work on your own friendliness. We might even find that it's contagious. Right? I, want, I know I get, the, I get the desire. I want to work on other people. I think we all do, right? We, we see they're doing something wrong. They're, they're not friendly. They never come up to me. It is entirely easier and more successful to work on our own friendliness. And then we might even find that it's contagious. So it's the first circumstance. What if they're not friendly to you? All right, well, be friendly. You can't help it if they're unfriendly. You just really can't. You have no power to control them. The only thing you can do is hopefully in influence them by your friendliness. What about circumstance two? Let's say maybe you already have a relationship. You said, hey, this, you know, this isn't for me, Obi. I, I have friends, things like that. But I do find that I have, have this one friend. They're always just arguing with me. 
that maybe it's a, a family member. We're just constantly knocking heads and, and, uh, these things just keep coming up and it does, it could even be over trivial things that we're just always uh, fighting and arguing and things like that. Uh, so Del Carnegie talks about this too. He says, if a man's heart is rankling with discord and anger towards you, you can't win him over with all the logic in Christendom. So I want you to think about that. If someone's mad at you, if they're fighting you all the time, maybe they just kind of don't like you. He says, he's talking against our, our impulse to fight back. That's the, that's the initial impulse. If someone is coming at me, I want to go at them. He says, you won't win them over with all the logic in Christendom. He says, scolding parents, domineering bosses, and nagging spouses ought to realize that people don't want to change their mind. You ever have that where you have um, someone that it's like, oh, they're wrong. Ugh, if you've looked at social media lately, then <laughs> you've seen it, right? There's, there's all these different sides out there. There's uh, mask or no mask. There's racial tension. There's, there's all this stuff, right? He says, scolding parents, domineering bosses, and nagging spouses, and then I'll just add social media people, um, all people on social media, ought to realize that people don't want to change their mind. They can't be forced to agree with you or me, but they may be gently led to that point. If you lose your temper and go at a person, you will have a fine time unloading your feelings, but what about the other person? Will they share in your feelings? He says this, We often ride roughshod over the feelings of others, getting our own way, finding fault, issuing threats, criticizing a child or employee in front of others, without even considering the hurt to the other person's pride. Whereas a few minutes thought, a considerate word or two, a genuine understanding of the other person's attitude would go so far toward alleviating the sting. I want you to think about this today. If you have people that are fighting with you, that you constantly knock heads, that you just find relationships frustrating, try empathy. I want you to think about the other person even if they are wrong. Right? Really, if you think about the basis of Christianity, Jesus died for the people who killed him. I mean, he died for us too. But even the people who put him on the cross, Jesus was dying for them. If you want to talk about unjust suffering, we have the champion of unjust suffering. He is the one we follow. If you are a Christian, then you have Jesus Christ as your example for how to react to unjust, unjust suffering. So I would say this, consider empathy. Try empathy. Try patience. Be kind even when they are not. Be friendly. And if they are really that rough on you, then they might just need some love. Do you think of yourself that way? Do you think of relationships that way? Maybe you're sitting there today and you think, I'm not important enough or gifted enough to influence people. Yes, you are. God has given you a unique footprint in this world. If he has saved your soul, then he has put the Holy Spirit in your heart and he can give you everything that you need to do his will. To touch the people in your life with love and goodness and kindness. Something as simple as kindness. If you're having difficulty even getting people to like you, are you kind? When people think of you, your name, your face, when they think of you, do they think that person is just so kind? You ever had an experience with someone who was just so kind and you didn't want to be with them more? Right? You ever go to a, stand in a line for something and, and maybe the cashier there is just, oh, they're, they're, they're just frustrated. They're already mad, and you get up there, and there's just a little, 
oh, you know, just a little anxiety in you because you're like, oh, I hope they don't snap at me. Contrast that with when you go somewhere, you're standing in line, and they're just as friendly as can be. They're bubbly. They make your day bright. What if you were that person? What if you were that person in all circumstances, for all people, in any situation, if you saw that as your goal, are we all going to fall short? Of course we are. We're all going to mess that up. But what if I see that as my goal and I set that as my goal to continually be kind, to continually be friendly, friendly, to, to think when there is a person who is grouchy, part of my job is to just show them love, to show them the love that Jesus would show me. That's part of my job. Try empathy, try patience, be kind even when they're not, be friendly. Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 13 says this, As God's chosen one, as God's chosen ones, I want you to hear that, that's, that's talking to Christians. As God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, that's you, holy and dearly loved, he says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He said kindness again. You ever think, what is Obi talking about? He's just talking about kindness. Isn't this a Christian uh, podcast, video cast? Like, really, we're talking about kindness? I want deeper theology. Let me tell you, the Lord God who created all of the universe, who spoke it into existence, he had the Apostle Paul write these words, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on. Take this as your mantle of life. Take this as the clothing that the world outside is going to see you wear. When they think of you, do they think of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, there's that fighting side, right? What if, I, what if they have a sincere grievance? Forgive them. That doesn't mean you always trust them. I always say this. If uh, you went to jail for uh, grand larceny, you know, I'm going to forgive you. I may not let you hold my wallet. I think that's fair, right? <laughs> Maybe I'll earn that trust back. Trusting and forgiving are two different things. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Man, I hope you've heard this. Hope you hear it, not just from how to win friends and influence people, but from Scripture. From Scripture, it tells us to be kind. I want you to think about your initial impression that you give people. If you've had trouble making friends, if you have trouble with strong relationships, are you kind? Is that what people see and think of when they think of you? Is kindness, compassionate, friendly, forgiving. Is that what they think of? If not, then I challenge you, and I believe the Bible mandates both you and me to put that on, to wear that, to wear kindness, to see that as your goal. So step three at making friends and having strong relationships. We've talked about making friends, having good relationships, honoring God, representing him with integrity. We said, don't criticize or complain. Don't be a negative person. Be genuinely interested in other people. Encourage, compliment, and appreciate them. But step three is just be kind. Be kind to other people. Be kind at the outset. Be kind throughout. Show the kindness of Christ, which is a fruit of the Spirit in your life. Well, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with a new topic. 
Uh, if you're a young adult in the area who is dating, single, or even engaged to be married, then I want to invite you to SYA Night. It is our weekly gathering of young people. It's every Thursday. Uh, we have free food, live music, and worship, Bible study, and then we have games afterward. Uh, you can find out all the details to things happening at that ministry at fbcofallon.org slash sya-button. That is fbcofallon.org slash sya-button. We'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.